as a podcast who is framed around helping onboard people into this ecosystem, make this, uh, you know, feature kind of the variety of ways that we are building in this space. I like to relate to our audience who they should be following, who they should be reading in terms of their own personal journeys into the space. There's a question that I ask everybody. Um, and so you've, if you've heard some of the latest podcasts, maybe you've prepared. Um, but if not, it's okay. I like these questions to be answered, um, you know, really organically, naturally, how you're feeling at the moment. And, you know, this is a very human experience itself to Crypto Sapiens. And I normally reserve this and I don't let people know what it is I'm going to ask so that they can ask as honestly as possible. Who or what has been the most influential to you in your crypto journey? It could be a book you read. It could be a blog. It could be a person. Is there someone or something that has been hugely influential to you in your crypto journey? It doesn't have to be on crypto Twitter, but it could be a book. Uh, what or who has been most influential to you in your crypto journey? What or who has been the most influential to you in your crypto journey? And positioning you and the work that you do in this space the way that it does. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Um. um. Hmm. Tough question. Um, mm, that's a really interesting question. Great question. I think of my crypto journey. Do people try to cheat the question and answer with multiple uh, multiple answers? Because that's what I'm. That's <laughs> what I'm feeling very much uh, compelled to do here. I think the the initial inspiration for the, for me working in tech is I, I kind of fell in love with blogs on the internet. And I just thought it was so cool that for not a lot of money and not a lot of effort, you could be online and start publishing. And if people found your stuff interesting, you could you could grow an audience, right? There's no gatekeeper effectively. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I've always kind of been really into that. It's a bit cliche, but I would really say uh, crypto Twitter, uh, because it's it is really where the community is is meeting and where I'm at least sourcing all or most of the the updates on a daily basis myself uh, and it's obviously challenging that you don't fall into some some filter bubble and you need to make sure that you're also following people you might not always agreeing with uh, but for me it's it's a super useful tool to just keep updated to to learn more uh, to get also the the culture uh, of of web3 a lot of Blasi's ideas um, I, I found really interesting, particularly his ideas around social. Like, I, I don't have that many original ideas. I like like steal a lot from really smart people like Blasi. So, um, right, I, I would probably say like read Blasi's book, The Network State. State. He's like talking about really, really interesting ideas. So, um, and he kind of imagines like. His imagination is just kind of wild in terms of like what he's <laughs> uh, thinking about. So I, I'd probably say Balaji's probably impacted my views on crypto the most. And just his Balaji, I think his work on the network state is really at the forefront. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but I think that his like ability to work in public and ideate on the future of society, government, state, like, and what this and how crypto transforms that is like pretty amazing. So listen to any eight hour interview with him. <laughs> There's an eight hour interview that I listened to on the, uh, 
Lexfin podcast, that would be like, we could do a shorter one too, but I'm just saying there's, there's no shortage of information out there with Balaji. Yeah. I, I think it would mostly date back to this idea of like not living with regrets. And I think that in itself has dictated pretty much everything that I have done. So I think the quote comes from Jeff Bezos. He goes and says that, Hey, in 10 years, if you're going to regret it, do it. You may be overthinking about it right now, right? Like he puts it out brilliantly. You should probably check it out. And I saw that way before. I think it was mentioned in one of the books and his interviews from long time from 1995. And I was like a tech geek in my college days. But that core thesis stuck with me. So I remember putting the first five months of my salary straight forward into crypto. I think on on one level, I could point to folks like, you know, Jeanine Benyus from Biomimicry um, or, you know, Buckminster Fuller, like these kind of thinkers that really work to open up, like, you know, different paradigms and ways of thinking about things. Um, I mean, biomimicry has been really, really influential in me and just how we think about systems and, and, and how they work um, and recognizing that, you know, nature has 4 billion years of R&D to learn from. Bitcoin white paper and Ethereum white paper. Uh, and this might sound as a simple answer, but at some point I was curious to learn more. I went to different people and I was asking, what should I read? What, what can help me to advance? I didn't understand how smart contracts work and what are the limitations and what are the possibilities of the system. And uh, I failed to get enough of the answer. So I thought, okay, I'll just read default one. I'll, I'll read the theorem white paper. And thanks to Vitalik and his team and the Gavin Wood and other people, it is so well written. It, it explains all the philosophy and the concept in a in a powerful way that it was great to read. I guess my uh, Anon, not Anon to me, but my one of my very good friends growing up uh, was the person who very first introduced me to uh, Bitcoin several years ago. Um, so, as far as influential goes, that by definition uh, is has to be. Way up there. I, I think the person I probably owe most is Annika Lewis. And and Annika and I um, met through the journalist Mario's community, and we were doing uh, deep dives into economics and economic theory, and we were reading Ray Dalio and, and macroeconomics. And, and we realized, uh, you know, all signs point towards decline of U.S. power and decline of U.S. dollar long term. You know, what is the next global order that's going to take its place? And we started having this debate, like, you know, it looks like China. Like, China just seems like it's cleaning up and, you know, winning deals and is on the ascent and, you know, shows all the signs of like an early incumbent. But then we thought, what if the next, you know, global empire isn't a, a physical nation state? What if it's the internet? Like, what if the internet is the next global? And that, and that thought that we had, that we started writing about together, um, sent us just both deep down the crypto rabbit hole. And it was really, Annika and I went on this kind of journey together in, in the beginning of 2021. And I owe her so, so much for that. And still one of my best friends, one of the best people I've, I've ever met. Uh, and she has a great dog, too, which is very important. You know, I would say um, overall, my experience uh, coming through the Alliance Accelerator, 
which it is actually multiple people, uh, from from Chow to to Will, Will Robinson to Imrat to uh, um, and a few others. Um, but I think they have been just extremely generous in helping a Web two founders um, understand some of the nuance uh, of Web three. Uh, and you know, kind of bring some of this knowledge and open up their network um, to to us starting chambers, and I think that was certainly a a, uh, a level jump uh, in, in our journey, being part of the uh, the Alliance Accelerator. A couple of years ago now, I guess at this point, I had the good fortune to meet some amazing women, Dina Burke and Natasha, Natasha Hoskins, who were thinking about how we could make the Web three welcome mat mat bigger and more welcoming to everybody. How might we reflect the fact that blockchains are feminist protocols and create a welcoming space for people who identify as female and non-binary? And so I, um, you know, worked uh, sort of in, in the shadows to support them as they got Boys Club up and running. And now Boys Club is a global community of women and non-binary people in Web three um, that you know is a vibrant ecosystem uh, around the world of folks from you know girls who are in school to um, you know women who are successful founders and everybody in between. Um, and so it's been especially rewarding for me to be able to contribute to, th to this community and to be part of it, realizing that, you know, they, they are exemplars of what I just described, of creating a space that is going to be welcoming for all levels of technical familiarity and help inspire confidence in users of, you know, of all um, experiences and all walks of life. Uh, yeah, I'll throw some a few people. Uh, you know, one is is the, co the founder of Breddity, Adam Stollard, um, it is such a, a deep systems thinker about about all of this and so appreciative of all that that he has brought uh kevin awaki um founder of gitcoin now disassociated uh oren mcmillan who created clear fund uh has helped me understand a lot you humpty uh have have been have been wonderful uh santi siri who created proof of humanity uh paula berman who helped on proof of humanity uh, among among many others working on this space, you know, this is this is not something that any of us do uh, do individually. Um, but I think one really exciting aspect of um, you know bringing identity and culture to Web three is that that you know we can make those spaces explicitly welcoming to everyone. Uh, it's a big hairy problem, and it's going to take a big collective group effort to, to solve it. And from the beginning, the Bright ID team has always tried to be collaborative with all the other projects trying to uh, work in this space because no one knows how to do this yet. Um, but collectively, humanity needs to figure it out.